It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, friends? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Remember to go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. What's going on, friends? Billy Rossetti of SI Panthers with you here on another Monday and another rough outing, but certainly the roughest outing for the Carolina Panthers, as that was an Ugly performance, to say the least, and that second half was nothing short of embarrassing, and we'll touch on some of the good and plenty of the bad. I mean, we certainly have a lot to talk about in this one, don't we, particularly uh, in the, the second half. Not a good... Not a good performance at all. In this, It was certainly a tale of two halves, and we'll touch on kind of both sides um, but of course, we also have the, hopefully it's a minor injury to talk about to the starting quarterback. So certainly plenty to get to here on this edition. And we'll take a look quick at uh, how the Panthers now stand in the draft order with this loss. As uh, we're certainly starting to shift our focus into draft season as well and maybe start to eventually look at some draft prospects as well. So a uh, lot to get to, so might as well just jump right into it. Glad to have you guys on board here. Always uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. And if you're new to the podcast, uh, welcome. Really appreciate you guys uh, jumping on and uh, giving me a, a first-time listen if you are a first-timer. A new listener. Really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And of course, you can follow the podcast um, on Apple, on Google, um, pretty much any any place there's a podcast uh, streaming, we are most likely there. So go check us out and um, let me know what you guys think and hit me up on Twitter and let's talk some football. Always, always enjoy talking football, but let's talk about what the hell happened yesterday in Carolina. Of course, the, uh, the final, it ends up being the fifth straight loss for the Carolina Panthers as they now fall to three and seven as they suffer their biggest defeat by far of the season. And that, if you remember, that's kind of all I had been touching on. Had the Panthers had been competitive pretty much all season long, they hadn't lost a game. Really, the first game against the Buccaneers had been their biggest. Uh, their biggest margin of defeat, and that was only 14 points. And as I said before, you take away that 14-point loss to the Bucks in Week 2, their biggest margin of defeat in the other five losses before this one was only 8 points, that Thursday night game against the Atlanta Falcons. But this is by far the biggest loss of the season now as they lose by 23 points. Points as they got embarrassed 
in the second half. Remember, this was a 17-17 ball game at the half. And then the Buccaneers just went off on the Carolina Panthers in the second half, outscoring them 29-6 in that second half as the Bucs go on to win the game by a final of 46-23. As the Bucs go to 7-3, Panthers fall to 3-7. We'll start with the first half because the, the Panthers did not look bad in the first half. You know, they were moving the ball fairly well. Um, they were... You know, protecting protecting Teddy Bridgewater fairly well. And this was still, of course, with the Panthers continuing that rotation that they had been doing at left tackle. We know Trent Scott got the start, and then Dennis Daly got in there. So, you know, think what you want about that. You know, sometimes that could be a good thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing that you're just constantly rotating players. You know, I, I get you want to keep that position fresh. And, you know, on the other hand, you can think, okay, maybe we don't have as much confidence in some of these guys. We've got to get multiple people in there to, you know, try to keep a fresh body in there and try to keep keep the pressure off Teddy Bridgewater because we don't really have that one guy that we can keep in there like we do when Russell Okung is out there. So... It's a it's a hit and miss thing when it comes to that rotation, but overall, at least in the first half, it wasn't too bad. As the game wore on, you start to see you know a little bit of pressure, and the Buccaneers really started to mess with Bridgewater, and you know we'll obviously touch on the uh, the interception in a little bit. But in the first half, the Panthers seemed like they were they were okay. You know they um, they had the three and out. Um, on the first drive, which has happened a couple of times this season. But then, you know, things started to look up, right? I mean, second play on defense, Shaq Thompson's punching the ball out of, I believe it was Ronald Jones, if I, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Ronald Jones had the ball just punched right out of him by Shaq Thompson, and the momentum started to shift because then you turn around Carolina goes seven plays and just 33 yards and finds the end zone. In fact, it's the first ever, and, and that's one of the, the highlights. We've got to give some congratulations to one Colin Thompson. His first, and in, in fact, it was his first NFL touch becomes his first NFL touchdown. So congratulations to him. And you're already starting to feel good. You got seven points off a turnover. And, you know, things are things are already starting to look up. You got an early 7-0 lead against the Buccaneers. You're hoping that their uh, lack of offensive firepower from last week against the Saints carries over a little bit into this week. Well, so we thought. Tampa Bay drives right down the field. 10 plays, 75 yards for a, uh, for a touchdown, including a couple of, and this is going to be the theme of uh, of this podcast and what became the theme of that game, third down defense. We've talked about it numerous times over the last few weeks now. The Panthers cannot get out of their own ways when it comes to third down defense. As the Buc- 
as the Buccaneers actually converted three third downs on that touchdown drive. They had a, a third and two from the Carolina 42. Tom Brady hit Mike Evans for a, uh, a 19-yard gain. Then on third and seven at the 22, Brady hits Chris Godwin for 14 yards. And then third and goal from the five is when Brady hit Cameron Brait for that five-yard touchdown. So not one, not two, but three third-down conversions from the Buccaneers on that first round or that that first drive or that touchdown drive, I should say. Not not that's not the first drive, uh, but that first touchdown drive. Three third-down conversions from the Buccaneers as the Panthers. You know the. All these problems that they've had all season just continue to rear their ugly head. Third down defense, rush defense, it's all, you know, tackling, poor angles, things like that. There's a lot that this defense needs to work on, not just the rest of the season, but when you get into the offseason and next training camp, this team still has a lot of growing to do. And third down defense is at the top of that list. You know, then the teams are trading field goals. So that ends up... Well, this was after, actually, the Panthers... Excuse me, I'm skipping the the touchdown. I'm sorry. Uh, DJ Moore finally broke out of his quiet slump, and we were hoping that would happen uh, for the Panthers. You know, DJ Moore only had a couple of catches over the last couple of weeks, but broke out a little bit this year, had some nice catches, finally got in the end zone... And then they traded field goals, uh, but then late in the second half, Tampa Bay ties the game at 17 with a long touchdown drive, uh, nine plays, 80 yards in just three and a half minutes. And again, giving up, you know, with a third down, gave up a third and 11 for uh, for a 15 yard 15 yard completion to Chris Godwin. It was uh, it was rough, and you know you. Hope that that didn't that that wasn't a momentum shifter for the uh, for the Panthers. You know what you really hoped was a uh, was a uh, momentum build was at the very end of the the first half. Now the pa- let's preface this, of course, by you know the Panthers, of course, had that three and out where they thought they had a big pass to DJ Moore and thought they were going to get a delay a penalty as well from the Buccaneers after the defender sat on top of DJ Moore for a few seconds too long. But then they reviewed the play and saw that DJ Moore didn't have control of the ball. And then the next two plays, they're running some dump-off passes that you're thinking, why are they running these kind of plays that they're going to go nowhere and then they're forced to punt? And then um, they at least pin the pin or they... uh, would have pinned the Buccaneers uh, deep in their deep in their own territory at the, at the, uh, the two-yard line. And you're thinking, boy, if only they could have carried that over to the second half and kind of used that as the kickoff. Because, of course, Carolina kicks the ball off to start the second half, and it goes out of bounds, as many of Joey Sly's kickoffs tend to do. But overall, again, it wasn't terrible. I mean, they were tied with the Buccaneers at 17 at the end of the first half. And, you know, things are looking okay. I mean, the, the Bucks had, you know, a good bit of good bit of yardage 
on the the Panthers, but the Panthers were still hanging tight. So it was tied at 17 going to the locker room. And then the second half happened. And we will get to that second half in just a short minute. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So as we jump back into things and talk about that second half now, boy, um, where where do we even start? I mean, we you know we could start with um, we could we could start with you know the the Buccaneers drive the field ten plays sixty four yards and only come away with a field goal. At least there were some red zone drives there for the Panthers where they were kind of a bend but don't break. You know, the the Buccaneers would get into the red zone, sometimes even inside the 10, but they had to settle for three points. So at least red zone defense hasn't been terrible. You know, it's been so-so at best. I mean, the, the Buccaneers, I think, ended up with about six red zone drives, scored touchdowns on about three or four of them, had field goals on the other. But um, that was, you know, the case in the first drive. And then the Panthers had to punt on their first possession of the second half. But you're feeling okay because the Panthers pinned the Bucks at the two-yard line. So, I mean, another great punt by Charlton. The Panthers were able to keep it out of the end zone. And you're thinking, okay, the Panthers are maybe able to flip some field position here. And, you know, hopefully get a stop and get the ball back with decent field position and make a game out of this. Well, Ronald Jones changed that real quick in just one play. As Ronald Jones busted out, of course, for a 98-yard touchdown run. And that Panthers defense looked like it was nowhere to be found. And I will call out one particular player in person, and that is Tyre Whitehead. No idea what he was doing there. He got, well, really, you know, looked like he's trying to get his gap, but he ends up just getting sucked up by the offensive line. In fact, I mean, it was great blocking by the Bucks' offensive line. Ronald Jones just had a free run. I mean, the Bucks basically got everybody involved, and it just became a, a, a foot race between Jones and Chin. And, you know, good effort by Chin, but he fell short and Jones took it all the way. I mean, he basically had nothing but green grass from the second he got the ball. So, you know, the Buccaneers blocked it up well. The Panthers, no idea what happened on that one. But that was your momentum-changing play right there. 98-yard touchdown run by Ronald Jones. Uh, the Panthers did block the extra points, so at least there was that. Uh, but it did make it a nine-point nine game, and then things just started to unravel a little bit. The very next play is when Teddy Bridgewater got fooled by Jason Pierre-Paul. Bridgewater's under pressure. 
and he tries to get it out. I think he was targeting DJ Moore, but I don't think he ever expected Jason Pierre-Paul to drop back into coverage and just be right in the throwing lane of where Bridgewater wanted to go. And it just ended up right in the hands of JPP, and things just really started to unravel there. Uh, the the Bucks turned that turned that turnover into three points, and then the Panthers once again tried a fake punt on fourth down on the next drive, but this time they were absolutely smoked. The Buccaneers were ready for it, and then turned that into another field goal. And then all of a sudden, in just a couple of drives, it goes from being uh, 20 to 17 to now 32 to 17. Um, and things are really starting to get out of hand. The Panthers tried to make it a game at the start of the fourth quarter uh, with a quick, quick uh, two-play drive, which only took four yards. Because remember, that was the pl- that was the drive that started because of the. Big kick return by Trenton Cannon, getting them inside the five. And it only took two plays for them to get in, into the end zone. And that was the Teddy Bridgewater rushing touchdown. So they tried to still make it a game. Um, made it 32-23 as uh, they went for two, but uh, fell short. So, you know, I get the decision. I'm... Obviously, people I'm sure are going to go back and forth because you missed the you missed the two point conversion that kept it a nine point game, which of course also means more importantly a two possession game. Whereas just kicking the extra point would have at least made it an eight point game or a one possession game. But they tried to make it a seven point game, make it a little easier, didn't happen, and so that kept it a nine point game. And then things just unraveled even more. Tampa scored nine plays, 75 yards. Carolina turned the ball over on downs. And then Tampa Bay scored again as they hit uh, Rob Gronkowski to put the final bow on what was an abysmal, uh, an abysmal second half. I mean, again, you get outscored 29 to six in the in the second half and you allow 62% of third down conversions in the game as Carolina did in this one and they only converted 11%. More specifically Carol Tampa Bay was 10 of 16 on third down. Carolina was 1 of 9. Not going to win a lot of ball games when you're only going one for nine on third down and your defense is allowing 10 of 16 on third down. So that's a uh, that's a killer. And that really was the uh, the biggest difference in this game. So a for- very forgetful performance, to say the least. Uh, so again, final score, Tampa Bay... 46, Carolina, 23. As the Panthers now have lost five in a row and now fall to three and seven in for, or on the on the season. 
And of course, they still have two more games to play before they even get to their bye week in week 13. So, I mean, who knows how this team is going to fare over the next couple of weeks. I mean, you could tell this team is a little bit tired. They're uh, they're probably praying for these next two games to go by quick. Um, we'll see what happens. Next up, of course, for the Panthers, another home game on Sunday against the Detroit Lions, who had a pretty crazy win with that sort of back and forth at the end of the game. But a 59-yard field goal as time expired by Matt Prater gave the Lions a 30-27 win over the Washington football team. Five. Well, the Buck and the Er, and again the Panthers sitting at three and seven. And then they've got the Vikings, who of course play tonight against the Bears. Panthers will be in Minnesota in week 12, and then they finally get their bye in week 13. So that's kind of the wrap-up now of where things are with the uh, with the Panthers, at least coming out of this game. We'll take a look at how it affects their draft standings now as, again, we're soon going to have to start focusing on the draft because this season is pretty much lost. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to thank our friends at Built Bar for sponsoring the podcast. Always appreciate their support. Always love their product. Remember, the improved Built Bar is even deliciouser when, or compared to the old version. Six brand new flavors for you to try, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. These bars, of course, covered in 100% chocolate. So who doesn't love eating basically a candy bar, but getting the health and nutrition of a protein bar? You get all... You get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. They're great for the health-conscious guy. They're low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for a keto diet. So, BuiltBar.com. Check them out right now. B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So, again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Dot com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So as we start to shift our focus a little bit to the draft, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, we're only coming out of week 10, but I think we can safely say that this season is pretty much lost now for the Carolina Panthers. I don't think they're going to be making the playoffs. They're sitting at 3-7. and seven. Uh, the the third wild card right now in the playoffs is six and three in the NFC. So I think playoffs are out of the question. So I think we could start shifting a little bit to the NFL draft and start looking at the possibility now that the Panthers are once again going to be drafting inside the top ten. It's crazy, kind of the roller coaster we were on. We started the season thinking they were top ten. 
Then about five weeks into the season, we're saying, oh, this could be a playoff team because they're playing well. They're three and two. Well, five straight losses has them right back where we kind of thought. Let's, before we get into that, let me just kind of say this too and what's been a bit of a roller coaster season here for the Panthers. Obviously, they've had some tough losses and things are starting to spiral out of control a little bit in terms of the results. But we kind of thought this was where the Panthers were going to be. I mean, we know we knew in the preseason we pegged the Panthers as about a 5-win team and they're kind of on pace to be that, right? You know, you're sitting at 3 and 7, not really a lot of winnable games left on the schedule. I mean, you know, we we can't even say the Panthers are are immediately going to win next week. You know, they are the early favorites, but there's certainly no guarantee now that the Panthers are going to beat the Lions next week. And then of course, you look at the rest of the schedule, not a lot of again, not a lot of winnable games. I mean, maybe at Minnesota, but the Vikings have been playing well over the last couple of weeks. That'll be a tough one. Uh, Denver's probably still a winnable game. The Panthers will probably be favored in that one. Uh, Denver's offense has just looked really rough over the last couple of weeks. And then at Washington, you know, possibly a win there. So we're back to saying this team is probably a five, maybe a six win team, you know, depending depending what happens in some of these games. So the likelihood now that this team is going to finish in the top 10, top 10 in the draft is quite well now. Uh, Atlanta right now holds the 10th, 10th spot seven record. So Carolina is slightly ahead of Atlanta in that aspect. And they are, um, well, they actually have the same record right now as the New York Giants, but the Giants have a much easier schedule than Carolina, which... It's pretty obvious, of course. I mean, they're in the NFC East. They're playing all those teams twice. So all those bad records count twice for the Giants. So it's a huge gap in terms of strength of schedule. Um, So they're right behind the Giants at number eight. And then Cincinnati sitting at seven right now at two, six, and one. So you're probably looking now at the the back end of the, uh, the top ten. Although, you know, they're not too far off from even, say, the top five. You know, the Chargers are sitting with the fifth pick right now at two and seven. So, almost could go kind of anywhere in, like, say, the, you know, they're only a half game behind Dallas for the number three pick. So, they could probably be anywhere, but they're probably more likely to be in that back half of the top ten. And you know when you start looking, of course, at some of these guys, Micah Parsons is certainly the first name that comes to mind because we know the Panthers desperately need linebacker help at this point. I mean, you know they've been rotating guys at the linebacker spot, and we certainly we of course called out Tiger Whitehead earlier in this episode. So he's obviously a guy that's going to be replaced at some point. Micah Parsons would be a great fit there. Uh, Dylan Moses wouldn't be a bad pick. But if you go away from linebacker, if you think about other positions, starting to talk, or we might be starting to look at a spot now where the Panthers don't necessarily have to look at quarterback early in the draft next year because 
Teddy Bridgewater's been playing well, right? I think Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he's still only 28 years old. And, uh, yeah, or he just turned 28, rather, uh, six days ago. And he's been playing pretty well that the Panthers probably feel good enough that he can be the quarterback going forward for the next couple of years. So they might not have to spend a first-round pick on one of those top quarterbacks. They can maybe go after someone like, like I said, Parsons or Moses. Or if you want to go cornerback, looking at someone like Patrick, uh, Patrick Sertain or Caleb Farley, one of those guys. Or if Greg Rousseau was there, if you want to beef up the pass rush. You know, a, a couple of different ways now that this team can go about it with, you know, not having to focus on the, um, on the quarterback position. You know, or if you want to, if you want to go with the tight end position, you know, I've seen some mocks now where they've sent Kyle Pitts there. You know, if the Panthers want to beef up the tight end position, because let's face it, they've really got nothing out of the tight ends this year. We, you know, and me personally, we all know I've been praising Ian Thomas, thinking he was going to be pretty well this year, and he's been very quiet. So I've seen Kyle Pitts in the mix here. You know, Wyatt Davis, the offense, the interior offensive lineman out of Ohio State, he's a possibility. So, you know, a bunch of different ways now that the Panthers can go about this if they have a top 10 pick. And we're certainly going to, you know, really dig into some of these uh, in in the coming weeks. So really excited to start digging into this. But those are just some some names now, obviously, that are going to be thrown around uh, as we start really digging into to draft season. Not just here, but certainly throughout the, uh, the draft media landscape. So really excited to get into that. But again, you know, the grass is certainly looking greener. You know, it's obviously looking rough now, but this team will will get there. I, I still feel good that next year this is going to be a uh, a much better team. So looking forward to covering it. So I think that's going to wrap things up here for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. We'll look at the the snap counts. We'll continue to look at that rotation um, as we go through here, and then certainly start getting ready for the for Sunday's battle against the Detroit Lions and looking forward to talking to Matt Derry of Locked On Lions, one of the best hosts here on the network. So I'm going to get out of here. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday and we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. We'll see you soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.